Blog Talk Radio. Big news. Hitler's favorite alligator died at a Moscow zoo at the age of 84. But don't worry. Hitler himself is still alive and living on the moon. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Who doesn't love a good Hitler's Still Alive joke? I know I do. There's whole movies based on this. There's an entire movie. that it, There's actually multiple movies based on the fact, the idea that Hitler is still alive, and I am fascinated by them. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It is Brett from the bunker. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice is cracking like a teenager. It is Tuesday, May 26th. The year is 2020. I like to say the year because you never know. Sometimes you forget. I have forgotten. And I am joined today by Alex Labuti. Alex, Welcome. Hey, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Uh, so first question I always ask, and I will ask you, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm holding up. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's, I think it's not as bad as, you know, we think it is, but it's also pretty bad, you know? Like, uh, I'm still somehow not sleeping regularly. Really? Um, and, That's not good, uh, yeah, man. You've got to get sleep. <laughs> got to get to sleep i got the got the rings under my eyes you know but uh no it's going it's going pretty well i don't have a bunker which i'm pretty jealous of uh but uh it's a I metaphorical a room, bunker so. not not a, just a, I mean, <laughs> just a metaphorical bunker not a real bunker <laughs> what does it look like it's an apartment it's a new york city apartment i just like to call it the bunker <laughs> <laughs> i love alliteration what I can it. i tell you if, if alliterating is wrong i don't want to be right Exactly. <laughs> How are you holding up? Okay. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> That's well timed. Um, uh-huh. That was just me taking a drink of water going down the wrong pipe. Uh, right, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I don't have a fever, so I don't think it's anything serious. Um, <laughs> but, <coughs> excuse me. And of course, as I proceed to hack myself into oblivion, um, no, it's. You know, it's one of those things where if you have any sort of little tickle of illness, it's like, oh, my God. You know, so I, I'm trying not to do oh that. Oh, my God. I, I cannot tell you. I have terrible allergies. And yes. every time I step outside for more than five seconds, I am just I am just a you, people yell COVID at me. I was at the supermarket and I was and I had a little sneeze issue. And uh, this woman looking at uh, the Briar's ice cream, just just lost her mind. She was like, COVID-19! I felt like, nah. remember, that? <laughs> Zinc, uh, remember Monsters, Inc., 2319? Yes, yes, much, of course. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened to me. <laughs> that's rough. That's definitely, no, I, I think that's been a common refrain. I mean, I've got, I've got allergies. They're not super bad. They're bad enough that I, that I like to take a pill. Um, and I try to remember to do that in the past. I would just be like, Hey, whatever. It's not a big deal. I'll just sneeze a little bit, but now you don't want to do that. Yeah. If you, if you're going to, you're going to be sneezing, you better know what the real deal is. See, it sucks because sneezing, like sneezing and coughing now for the next two to three years are just a bust. If you sneeze or cough anywhere, it's, it's, you're going to get eyeballs. Kind of Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No one, no one wants that. <laughs> nobody wants, nobody avid, wants that. Yes, as an avid uh, allergy person, avid allergy. There we go, alliteration. There you go, love so, it. You know, just trying to t- just trying to take a you know a page out of your book. So what are you what are you doing to stay sane? 
Uh, well, I have been doing some comedy shows. Um, as you know, I am helping to produce the uh, Mic'd Up show. It is a uh, program that used to run at the Producers Club in Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, yeah, producers of club. I've, I've, uh, I've done mic. I've done mics and shows there. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So, um, used to be at the producers club, and it was a great time. Obviously, uh, you know, we don't know what's going on right now. Uh, shout out to the producers club. I hope you guys are staying all right. Uh, sure. Hopefully, we can you know get back there once everything is better again. But yeah, it. Uh, we recently moved it to online, and it's actually been helping a lot in terms of building a base, uh, building more people who you know would be willing to. Uh, go to the show or see the show. I, we've had people who, you know, have be, de, uh, been DMing me saying, you know, hey, I, I live in Brooklyn and I never in my, you know, right mind would ever go to Hell's Kitchen or make it there. So, you know, this is a cool opportunity to get to see that program. And, uh, you know, now people are getting more excited for it. So hopefully we can continue that steam, you know, after the fact. Right. No, of course. Well, it, it is funny. I mean, I, I there are a lot of comedians that I'm encountering and they're, they're more Brooklyn. They're, that's sort of Brooklyn is more their area of expertise, yeah. you know, where where they ply mm-hmm. their wares, and I don't think I would have met them otherwise. And you know, I'm happy. I'm more than happy exactly. to. Exactly. You know, I, and the funny thing is, is, if you said that to someone from Brooklyn, you'd be like, "Oh, come on, man! You can't, Brooklyn's not that far. What are you talking about?" Whereas, you know, they're happy <laughs> to say, "I don't want to go to Hell's Kitchen. It's so far." Yeah, they're like, "Are you kidding?" Manhattan. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not Manhattan. Because that's the thing. I mean, some parts, some parts of Brooklyn, it's like I got to take two trains. I got to take three trains. Like, eh, oh my god, I don't want to do that. I like, always, uh, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I always joke with uh, you know some people that I know in Brooklyn where um, I, I show up and I'm like, you're lucky I like you because it takes me a goddamn hour to get here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've done it. I mean, obviously, I'll do it, but. If, but, you know, yeah. when it comes to something like an open mic, it's like, oh, really? Like, you know, I've got a, a friend right. of mine who All hosts that. an open mic at Eastville. And it's not such mm. a big deal. It's not so far, but it's a lot further than the one that's closer, you know? So I just, <laughs> I don't know. So so I get, uh, but I get it, I guess is my point. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, I hear you. I, uh, I'm i lucky, though, because I'm in the Lower East Side, so I'm kind of like at a at a solid area for getting to Brooklyn. But um, still, if you want to go deep Brooklyn, I don't know. You got to really entice me. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's <laughs> far. It's far. It's a little far. Um, so that's good. I, I, I've actually because I, I I sometimes I wonder because I'm you know I'm just in my second year of comedy, and so I do mm-hmm. wonder like what would I be doing if I didn't have comedy right now? And oh I, my god! It, and I just I don't know about you, but I I mean. I guess I could think positive and say, okay, I'd write a novel or something, you know, but, um, but I don't know. Let's let's be real. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, I definitely joke writing is helping to keep me sane. I, uh, I also work, uh, with a PR agency, uh, that I do some work with and, um, you know, it's great, uh, in terms of, you know, things to keep yourself busy, but I just, uh, I don't know, man. Those 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 people. Hey, uh. what, what do you do? What do you do for the PR agency? Uh, so I help with uh, just creating, uh, you know, any sort of copywriting material, or uh, you know, basically just trying to get people with huge egos onto TV shows they don't belong on. <laughs> oh, look at you! So again, I, I used to do that. I used to do it for theater, which was a much heavier. Oh, rep. nice. The, theater was yeah. a, t- theater's a tough one. It, you because you go outside the theater world. Especially a lot of my clients was off off Broadway stuff, and it yeah. was just it was hard. Like you know, you could get a certain mm-hmm. 
there's a certain amount of things you could get. You get into the listings, which don't even exist anymore. Yeah. But, you know, you get a photo run, you know, you could maybe get a couple of reviews, but everybody wanted to be reviewed by the New York Times, which is just not a thing that would happen for right. everyone. Um, and sometimes they'd want to get outside of the theater world. And once you get outside of the theater world, you know, if it's not Broadway, it's tough. And sometimes even if it is Broadway, it's tough. Like, I mean, I've had, I had, yeah. I, I, I once, I worked on uh, sound, Broadway Revival of Sound of Music, and I had People Magazine tell me, you know, I'm sorry, they're not famous. And I was like, but it's Broadway. Right. Like, don't you care about Broadway? And they were like, no. <laughs> I don't care about Broadway. And I think it's a little different now. I think Broadway ha- Broadway has moved up in the sort of celebrity yeah. ranks. But at that time, it was just, mm, you know, sorry, not interested. It, it was it was tricky. Right. It's like it even that's not tricky. Enough, so it's like, right. So then you got to tell your buddy, uh, not your buddies, but, you know, you got to tell the people who are doing, you know, off-off-Broadway uh, Hamlet in, you know, Washington Square Park. Hey, man, I don't know if New York Times is, uh, is going to be exactly I don't, You know, it's funny, it's funny you say that because I actually had a lot of success with Outdoor Shakespeare. There was an Outdoor Shakespeare company really? called Gorilla Rep, and they were they were very consistent, and they were around for a while. And, I mean, the, I don't think the Times reviewed everything they did, but, I mean, they did a, they did a Scottish play up in Fort Tryon Park that we had, we had 1,000 people there a night. Oh, it was amazing. Cool. Um, and so there were, it, it, it's funny, like the, the certain, like the, if you get the right time, you know, it's summer outdoor Shakespeare is very much a thing. And if it's a company they're familiar with, you know, they would go, I actually got right. them a lot of times coverage. So it's interesting oh, that you say awesome. that. Um, it was more the like, you know, it's a two week <laughs> wow, run in a basement somewhere and you know, like it's just. It was just hard. It was just very, very hard. So, what's going on now? Are you are you actively pitching clients in the middle of all this uh, pandemicness? Yeah, we are trying. Um, so I'm doing that, and then I'm just uh, pretty much producing these shows as well. Um, trying to just balance them both out so that I can, uh, you know, try to pay my rent again next month. Uh, that would be good. <laughs> that's always good. Rent, obviously. Yeah, I had my uh, my roommate wanted to uh, try to you know bamboozle out of the paying rent. And I was like, hey, man, this is, this is New York City. They don't care about you. <laughs> just, yeah, what, I, I, I don't know how that's supposed to work. I mean, what, I, I, mean, know, I, you know, I, I know there was the petition going around, like, you know, let's just waive rent. But I was just like, oh, that's right. not going to happen. I mean, I, like, I understand, I understand why you want it to happen, but that's just oh, – I'm sorry. That's not going to work. It's just not a thing, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's fine. We're, we're, we're making it work. And, uh, you know, we're actually producing a couple other shows that uh, we're going to start using, um, you know, using like a uh, pay model in which people can pay to receive a Zoom link and things like that. Uh, We have a show, uh, Brett, that I'd love to tell you about. It's called The Recliner. It's coming up uh, on June 2nd. Okay. Um, and I could send you some more info on that. It's still, uh, you know, something that that's in the works, but, um, it's coming up for next week and, uh, we're getting ready to roll out with, uh, you know, more material that I could send you, but, um, that will be an awesome show. And that's a show that we're trying to, uh, you know, have kind of snowball into something that we can, we can really run with. Great. Great name. Great name. I'm a little, you'll forgive me. I'm a little in shock that June 2nd is next week, but I'll, I will eventually be able to handle that. Right. I saw somebody. Uh, I saw somebody on uh, Twitter, and they were saying, uh, "Yo, low key June is next week." And everybody uh, commented, "They say, what's your source? What's your source?" I don't believe it at all. Fake news. Yeah, fake man, news. Dude, that is fake. Fake news. Yes, if Trump exactly. doesn't tweet it, then it's not real. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> June. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's the time. Time keeps on ticking, and it's definitely. 
I mean, I, I joke that, you know, every day I do the show and I, I say the date. Um, but the truth is, if I weren't doing like I do a thing called morning pages every morning where I, and I put the date on it. And yeah. if I didn't do that, I wouldn't know what the hell day it is. Like I just, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I my know. wife very smartly said, we got to, we got to start, we got to always keep things separated from, you know, we, now she has a real job, so she's worried. So she's working, but you know, weekend yeah, and weekdays, real people. Exactly. Exactly. But like, you know, you got to <laughs> separate your weekend and your weekdays. Otherwise it's all going to blur together. And she said that very early on. Yeah. She was so right because it's definitely, yeah. I can see it all just blur, bleh, you know, all just sticking together. Right. Well, I actually read an interesting article about that. It said that it's like you're not going crazy. Time really is blending. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing's happening <laughs> for you to differentiate anything. Makes sense. <laughs> makes per makes perfect oh sense. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess it is, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if time, if time, time does not blend. I mean, you're like, I think, I think maybe we are going a little crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with that. <laughs> I think maybe we are going a little crazy here, because I mean, because you know, come on. I mean, time time is what it is. Time is fixed. What is what's that Matthew McConaughey line? Time is a flat circle, or you know, so whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell he said, right? I just know, all right, all right, all right. That's all I know. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, that's a, that. That is a good one. That is a class. Oh, that's so Matthew. That's so McConaughey. Oh. What a guy winning an Oscar and doing Lincoln Continental ads. <laughs> I hate those. I hate those ads. I can't tell oh, you so how much I hate them. What is going on in those ads? I have nothing. And let me preface this by saying I have nothing against Lincoln cars. No, okay. we're not the cars, Bob. But just weird I mean, ads. The hell, just very man. weird ads. Jim Carrey did a great bit on Saturday Night Live with those. Jim, uh, really? it, was very, it was very, yeah, it was very I funny. See it. it was very, yeah, it was very, it was good. It was a good take on it. Um, so but, uh, tell me how you got started in uh, comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I've been a huge fan of comedy my whole life. I uh, grew up and, uh, you know, just completely getting myself involved with whatever I could that was related to it, whether it was writing something or, um, you know, watching something or whatever. I, I, I grew up watching every, you know, stand-up special I could find. Um, you know, I'd YouTube, like, the old videos of, uh, you know, people who are – now mega famous watching them, you know, do their first run on, uh, you know, a tonight show or something like that. Um, I just always thought it was fascinating. I also thought it was interesting because, um, you know, I, I realized that comedians are, um, you know, right on that, uh, right on. So my, my, my number one guy is probably Jerry Seinfeld, right? I love Jerry Seinfeld. And I loved him because, uh, he, his whole shtick was just like, isn't this really dumb how this is this way, you know? And I thought, and I resonated with that because I remember going to school and, and, you know, we're going, doing things at like jobs that I worked at and, and just being like, why is this this way? Like, we could just do it this way, you know? Like, why? Like, why? Like, this is dumb. So I, that's just kind of how I got into it. I think I realized I was a very bitter and depressed individual who, uh, you know, wanted to, wanted to make that clear, you know? That's, <laughs> that's all there is to it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, I moved to New York City and uh, that's when I really started to perform a lot. And uh, really started to take everything that I've been writing over the years and just kind of put it to use. Great. So that's good. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that's I don't want to say that because it, it's funny. I did not think, oh, I've always wanted to be a stand up comic like that was not that was not mm -hmm. the case for me. But I always wrote comedy like when I think yeah, back yeah. No, on and I look back I like, when, when it came when it first came time for me to do a set. 
I was able to go back through because I always had notebooks of you know random things. Exactly. And, no, I'm the same um, way. I went back and I was like, oh look, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. And so I was able to stitch together five minutes just of stuff like that. And then and then once I was really doing it, it, it got more sophisticated and more interesting. I totally resonate with that. Yeah, I did not think that I would be a stand-up comedian, but I um, I always just loved pointing out stupid, stupid things. <laughs> and I was like, wait, you can just you can go up on stage and yell this at strangers. Like that's all. Exactly. Like, Isn't that the best? <laughs> now, now, what do you what do you just, like about it? Push my worldviews on you. What do you like about uh, what it and what like do you not like about it? Um, I love – I really do love performing. I think it's fun and exhilarating to get up on stage and, uh, you know, just kind of say what you think. And uh, I think it's even more fun, uh, you know, when you're doing new material. Uh, I think, you know, you get that, like, adrenaline rush of you're, you're building up to the punchline and then you're thinking, oh, my God, they're either going to laugh or they're going to look at me like I got three heads and here we go. <laughs> So I really like that part of it. Um, I've always enjoyed, uh, you know, I'm a really energetic and uh, animated person. So I really love uh, getting up on stage and I enjoy other people laughing at my absurdity. So uh, that's, that's one of the things I love about it. Um, one of the things I hate about it, let's see, where do I am <laughs> now? Uh, one of the things uh, you know, I, I think it sucks uh, having to bring people to shows and uh, having to, you know, make drink uh, minimums in terms of sales. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just something that I think comes with the territory. And that's just something that I think you can organically build. I used to really focus on, you know, the business kind of aspect of it in terms of like, well, you know, if I want to do this show, uh, you know, I have to find X amount of people to bring. And, you know, the guy, the venue owner has to sell X amount of dollars to make it worth it for him, you know. And, and I used to really obsess over that. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think it's just something that comes in time instead of something that you have to force, you know. Yeah. So that's something that I'm coming to, uh, to terms with because I'm extremely impatient. Um, I think it's, you know, I come from theater. And so – and in mm-hmm. theater – you, like you could, you know, you can do a show in a in a comedy club, and you can ask your friends to come and buy drinks, or you mm-hmm. can rent a theater for thousands yeah. of dollars and then ask them to <laughs> to, to buy tickets. And right. the truth is, in my experience, it, they 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 would much rather come to a comedy club. Like they're just oh, my yeah. my friends have been super supportive in ways that they were not. Now I was not doing theater. Um, I wasn't doing a ton of theater producing. Like I did, I did some. Mm-hmm. I produced an off-Broadway show. You know, I I did do some things where I acted awesome. as a producer, but mostly I was I was a publicist. Um, right. And so you know, it wasn't. It, 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 the weird thing about publicity: people think it's your job to fill the seats. It's not. It's your job to get them in the paper. Back when we had papers. right. <laughs> um, and you know, it's your job to get press. You know, and then if that right. leads to uh, audience, then that's great. But you you have no control over that. Right. Um, now, obviously, there's more of a mandate when you're producing a comedy show to get an audience there because you really do. You got to hit those minimums. Um, they yeah. have every club has a it's not worth it for us if we don't have at least X number of people. And sometimes that's really small yeah. and sometimes that's big. And sometimes there's more pressure on you because you're an outside producer. You're, you know, it's not a house show. Like they might be willing to do if I'm producing a show and there's eight people there, then I'm not producing another show. You know, they might be willing exactly. to do it if it's a house show, which is that happens, but right. you know, which not if it's not say, for I me. I totally agree with. Yeah, which I wanted to say, I totally understand and agree yeah. with. Uh, you know, it, it just is what it is. You know, and you it's know, just I from get my perspective, of, this is so much yeah. easier 
the comedy is like right. it, it's just it, I I can't say enough how much from from I mean theater you got to bring in lights you got to bring in this you got to bring in there's so many people involved comedy oh is my like God, I, know. I mean you know I've been able I've been able to book Brian Scott McFadden you know for shows like I you know I, I right. book Corey Kahaney like I you know and this is just meeting them sort of out and about and you know saying you know hey you want oh, to yeah. do my show and it's like if they're free that night it's like yeah sure you know. And you give them, you yeah. know, what they get paid is very, very small when they're, when they're getting what what they're getting for a week. I mean, talking about weeknights, like the weeknight yeah. rate is for a comedian is just not that high, you know. Like it yeah. is what it is. Like it's you know you're not paying right. them like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like it's just you know it is what of it course. is. Um, right. And I think that's something else that I like about comedy too. Everyone's really down to earth, you know. No one really yeah, super down to uh, earth. No one really has an ego in comedy. I think that's actually, I think e- people with egos don't do comedy. They're like, I could do anything, you know. <laughs> people with no egos are like, well, this is it. <laughs> oh, there's Here plenty of ego. I don't know if I agree with that. There's tons. Of, there's tons of ego. I mean, I, oh, I, 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 I've encountered tremendous, tremendous ego. But, mm. uh, but it's fine. It's uh, any, anywhere you're in the entertainment industry, you're going to encounter ego. Yeah. I think that's just Obviously. part of the course. Just par for the course. <laughs> um, now, let me ask you something. If you don't mind talking about the, the PR stuff a little yeah, bit, because yeah. I was just talking to someone about this. What are some of the challenges that you've had of, you know, in terms of converting here in the, in the pandemic world? Uh, well, basically, if it ain't COVID, it ain't for me, is uh, what uh, the world is right now. So, okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been interesting to see the way that, we can twist something that is just not at all COVID related, you know, into making it COVID related. So like right. we can have someone who, you know, we can have someone who is like a landscaper and then they can talk about, there's the easy cop outs, you know, how COVID is affecting my business, you know, but then, uh, you know, there are ways that we can uh, find a way to, you know, obviously get you in the news cycle, but, you know, a lot of times I'll reach out to people and I'll say, hey, I have a guy doing X, Y, Z. And they're like, you know, before I even get to what I'm saying, they're like, nah, dude, <laughs> they hang up the phone. <laughs> so, yeah, turning that and, and converting that stuff is definitely a challenge. But then some people are really running with it. You know, some people, if someone's in like law or if someone is in health, I mean, it's, you, got, you don't have enough time in the day. What do you mean? If someone's law or in, in terms of, you know, if, if, if someone is in law or health profession, then, you know, people, everyone in the world wants to speak with them about anything because oh, they can just talk about, you know, yeah, they can talk about, you know, health is an obvious one, but uh, law was one that surprised me. You know, people want to talk about, hey, what uh, kind of, you know, what, what, who's to blame if, you know, you have a, a chain business, you know, like what if you have like a Sephora, right. Or something like that, or, or, or a gap, you know, and someone goes into a store and uh, one of the cashiers has COVID, you know, and they didn't know, is that gap's fault? Is that the individual person's fault? Interesting. That's that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. And that's something I never thought of. Yeah. And they said that. And then I, and you know, and it's interesting because then you think, Oh, well, duh, obviously that's the thing. How did I not, you know, how did I not think of that? And that's something that companies right now, especially, as we're looking to reopen, you know, they're like, they're walking, you know, tiptoeing through everything because they don't want to, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth it to sell, you know, three pairs of boxers and then maybe have like a million dollar COVID lawsuit? You know, is that, is that worth it? Right. I'm guessing no. <laughs> we don't know. But, you know, I'm I, guessing I guess the no. question, qu- I'm g- just going out on a limb here. I'm going to say probably not. But I'm no I mean, guy, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm no expert in such matters. <laughs> but uh, I think maybe the answer there is no. 
I think that is maybe the answer. Um, so your clients are the are the legal people and the health people. Yeah, for the most part, and then we have okay. some other you know hodgepodge random random people in there. Cool. Um, well, that's well. It's good. To, it's good to have something to keep you busy. I mean, like like I said, I mean, if I weren't you know, writing comedy and doing shows and doing uh, doing open mics, a lot of open mics. Have you been doing a lot of the open mics? Yeah, man. Oh yeah, totally. I like them. Um, so I actually, yeah, they're awesome. You know, they. Um, I was skeptical at first of doing virtual mics, um, and they're definitely different. And there's obviously nothing like doing it on stage. Um, but I think for what it is right now, it's solid enough in terms of. Uh, you know, it's, it's good for, it's good for me to, uh, have an outlet where I can still keep practicing the material, you know, and, and my goal is to come back after this, you know, ready to roll with a ton of stuff that I've already practiced, you know, and then, and then really just be able to hit a show and then, you know, just come out the gates. But, right. uh, yeah, I actually have, uh, I have a show tonight, uh, that will be at nine o'clock. Um, and then there, uh, we're, we're working on a show for next week too, but I'll be performing in a show tonight at nine o'clock on Mike Tup's uh, Instagram. Cool. Excellent. So, so you've been mostly doing shows on Instagram? Uh, for the most part, I've done one zoom so far. Uh, it was, it was all right. It was, uh, I actually kind of like the eyes. Well, I guess they're both good and bad because the zoom, you know, you, you have the laughing feedback. I was going to say the, the thing I like about comments. zoom, I did a show last night and we had some designated mm-hmm. laughers and the, you don't need a lot. Like, you know, you don't need, you just, but if you have a couple of people that are being, you know, vocal, then at least you have some sense of whether or not, whether or not the show is working. I mean, with the IG Live, it depends on the host, which is a lot of pressure on the host. Right, exactly. Some hosts are just like, all right, you go, bye. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good laugher, but, you know, sometimes, especially if I'm hosting, I'm looking at other things. Like there's just right, other exactly. stuff happening in, in my and you know, field of vision. The next person, um, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Like you know, I'm thinking about what I'm gonna say and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I, I don't know. I, the, I, the IG the IG stuff, I think is, I think it, it's the conversation, the conversational stuff is of course easier, which is why a lot of people are doing that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like they all have their pluses and minuses, and I think we just have to exactly. This is what we got. This is this is it. This is our. <laughs> I know. I was gonna these, say, I have a radical what, idea. If we want to do comedy, what you say? <laughs> what you say? No, I know you're saying they got the plus and minus, and then I always think, man, what if we could just do it live? I'm like, oh wait, we could. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <just> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, talked to someone last night about that. About oh, what? No, sorry. About when do when do we think you know this will come back? You know when 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 do we think uh, you'll, we'll be able to get on stage again? You no, know, no, and, when do you, and, when do you think? I mean, me personally, I'd like to think that you know some places will begin to do it you know near the end of the year, but but see the problem is that it also comes into when are people going to feel comfortable going to a comedy club? You know, I mean, you you already can catch you know diseases we didn't know about going to a comedy club well before COVID. So now. Yeah. It's like, nice. now it's like, yeah, now it's like, you know, I, I, I understand people's hesitation. You know, I certainly do. And uh, it's the same for Broadway, too. You know, it's Broadway is just every month, uh, you know, I, I follow Playbill and stuff on Instagram, and they're just like, they're still shut down. Like, it's being They're extended. talking, it's being what, did they, what did they say? Someone just said, someone, Charlotte St. something, um, 
just said, when did she say January maybe? I mean, she basically what she's saying, and she's right, it's like the economics don't work for us to do, you know, half capacity or a third capacity, which, yeah, you know, which, which is true. Um, totally, totally understand. But the thing is, like, you're just going to cram people in there? Like, you know, like uh, until there's a vaccine, I don't think people are going to be willing to be crammed in no. shoulder to shoulder. I just, that doesn't seem, that doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, I you, you may not have the issue of, it may be half capacity whether you want it to be or not. Like, uh, by the way, half, right. half isn't six feet away. You need more than that. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, you need like a third capacity. Like, yeah, I, I, know, I, I saw, just, uh, uh, yeah, I know. It's just it, it makes me so sad thinking about it. I saw uh, that the New York Comedy Club was trying to do uh, something like that, you know, half capacity, like, you know, or not not starting to do it, but I'm saying they were talking about trying to do it, you know, like after October and November, December, which, you know, places like that, or I think about like the Comedy Cellar, those are all my favorite spots, but it's like, you know, you're literally just cramming people into like a, a basement, you know, and it's like, that's like exactly what we're not supposed to do. So I, I personally think that it probably will have to take until like January, until 2021. Which sounds that's what she's saying. saying. I don't even know if that's realistic yeah. though. You I'm just looking at the longer? article now. I somebody, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Because I, see, even when even when we have a vaccine, you know, it's it's still a matter of your personal comfort. You know, people are going to say, "Hey, dude, I love comedy," but I mean. I don't know what to tell you. you know? <laughs> like, just, I, I, don't, I can't go. I don't feel comfortable. You know, where people who have at-risk parents are at-risk, you know, like I, I have uh, some of my family members, some of them are at-risk. You know, they have either, you know, autoimmune disorders or they have some sort of issue that, you know, if they were to get it, it would be terrible. It would be catastrophic. Right. So, no, anything respiratory, you know, I mean, there's exactly. you know, diabetes. There's, a, there, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff. There, there's legitimate things. And now there's this new thing with kids, that, which is really, which is really yeah, scary. I think it's like Kawasaki disease. Yeah it's, really, yeah, it's frightening. It's very frightening. And so, so you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's like, like, you keep saying, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And I just... I, I want to do it, and I want it. To, I want it to be safe. Obviously, I want to get back on stage. That would be great. I just don't know that I. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'll. I'll have to. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But like, I don't. Right. See, I don't see the comedy club. I mean, the the most optimistic I've heard was Al Martin, uh, who does Broadway Comedy Club and nice. uh, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and I think he was really referring mm-hmm. to Broadway because Broadway's got more space. Um, right. Uh, that he, he, he was talking about September, and that was based on a specific calculation. This of, upcoming you know, September. That's what he was talking about, and he said he's got like glass shields around the box office. He, oh. you know, but it was based on the reopening schedule sort of going in the in the positive way that it's been going. That right. may be it may be overly I mean, optimistic. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm all for it, man. If you can figure it out, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I know. I mean, to be honest, though, I the reopening across the nation is going better than I thought it would. Yeah. I do think that in, in, in terms of, like, you know, backlash of spikes and things like that, you know. I We just saw that, uh, did you see just this week, New York had their first uh, day of under 100 deaths, which is awesome. 
it is awesome, but boy, is that a depressing, a depressing statement. I know, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, it's like obviously that's good died. news, but like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh, good. You know, it, it's still eighty people or ninety people or whatever the hell it was. Like, I yeah, but know. no, no, no. I mean, I, it, you want it to be going down, and it is going down. You know, that obviously right. is the key thing. That. You know, I mean, at this point, uh, you, we do need to recognize that, and you're correct because at this point, you know, it happens so much every day. It's uh, it's like when they say, you know, humans can't, you know, when you see numbers, it, they're just numbers, you know, you're forgetting those are 80 people. Yeah, no, 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 people, it's real. You know, it's not this just, is, this, yeah. is, this is the real deal. This is, it's no, not like we're no... just waiting for a countdown or something, you know? So, right. Like... <laughs> no messing around. Yeah. No, no screwing around. Right. This is, this is heavy. This is heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Stuff. Um, <laughs> But but yes, yeah, so that, that's that was that was what that was based on is that, you know sort of things are moving mm-hmm. in the right direction. Then maybe we'll be able to reopen. I just I don't know what we you know what it means in terms of uh, you know uh, things like specific things reopening because comedy clubs are kind of the last of the the last tier, like you know night yeah, nightclubs and nightlife. That's, yeah. yeah, that is the last that is the last thing on anybody's list of things that all you know, the fun reopen. <laughs> yeah, well, not just all the yeah. fun stuff. Restaurants are before that, you know, like it just really yeah, restaurants it's, are before that. Um, it's just you know, so it's it's just it's going to take a while, I guess is what I'm saying. And even if a couple of clubs yeah. open, you know, with smaller capacities, that's not going to be enough. Like I, you know, um, I don't know about you, I'm not so high in the comedy pecking order that I can command spots over the bigger name comics. So, you know, the right. people that are more that were already in the regular rotation, they're going to take those spots and they may be taking spots at other, you know, that maybe they wouldn't have before because maybe their home club isn't open. So that's going to be tricky. Right. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, always, say, I have a joke. I have a joke uh, with my friends where I'm known by everyone in comedy who doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you and I matter. I'm very well, there important. You go. There you go. I am so important. So important. I mean, look, if you can still produce your own show, that is, and that's that was always a way to get stage time. So presumably, that's still going to be. Yeah, a thing. man. Yeah, man. And that, and that, that's can I tell you that's really why I got into it. And I actually got into producing uh, prior to the the you know COVID and everything. I uh, reached out to uh, someone that I work with now uh, very often, and uh, basically just kind of did it. You know, I was um, I was a regular at the producers club. Uh, for a while and uh, just kind of, you know, slowly, just how things work, you get to know people. And, uh, you know, I remember meeting the gentleman who put together all of the shows um, and we kind of just struck up a conversation and I basically told him straight up, like you just said, I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, trying to get on as many shows as I can. And so I figure why not also learn the back end side of it. And then, right. you know, that can, that can help me in terms of one, how I present myself to producers or bookers, you know, in the future, I could say, Hey, I know what you're looking for, you know? Uh, and then also just to get to know comics. I mean, the amount of people that I've met or worked with more or gotten to know better, I think a great example is you, you know, from doing these shows is, uh, you know, it really helped me a lot. You know I mean? I know that we met at Westside comedy club, and then, uh, right. you know, we got, we got, uh, closer because, um, you know, we, uh, I put you on the, the mic'd up show, you know, and then yeah. it kind of, that's, that, that's how you get, it's a, it's know, a great way. It's just a great way to meet people. I mean, even doing yeah. podcasts, I've met people and, um, even yeah, open mics, awesome. you meet, you meet people, but certainly if you put someone on a show, that's obviously a great way to, you know, to make that happen. Um, I think it made, I, I, every time somebody says, you know, should I produce a show? I'm like, sure. 
go for it. Yeah, what, what do you have to lose? You know, just just do it. Yeah, why not? It's not going to cost you money. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, what 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 are you going to spend? Maybe maybe you want to get a headliner. You want to spend a little bit of money on that. Right. But, you know, we're not talking about a ton ads. of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. I, does, do those work? Have you have you tried those? I've never done that. Uh, I personally have never tried them. Uh, it's actually funny you say that because I'm actually, I've been doing some research the past couple of weeks to actually get a little bit better understanding of them. Um, they're only, so, so they're, they're about six bucks per 1000 impressions, which I still don't know if that's a good deal or not, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it I mean it's a good, good deal. Cool. It's just a matter of you're in PR. I mean it's what's the return? Mm-hmm. Like you know, like right, I mean, exactly. I mean the, yeah. you know, like what is the return on the investment? Am I going to get anything? Like I when I did I did a off Broadway show called Pirates of Penzance, and we cool. the, I I discovered that we had well, it wasn't discovered, but we had two shows on Saturday and they were not selling out, and so I said all right I want to make these shows sell better. So I looked at the New York Times New York Times theater page on Saturday, and right. everybody said, don't advertise on Saturday. Nobody reads the paper. I was like, well, somebody reads the paper. Right. So <laughs> a, a small, like a one-by-one ad cost something, something like 800 bucks. It was, it, was, it was very – I mean, it was inexpensive considering it was the New York Times. So I did it, and we saw that much of an increase in our ticket sales. So I sold more tickets. Really? That, yeah, it was very straightforward. It's rarely that easy. You know, this was a this was a very awesome. simple case where I was I was literally doing everything. I was placing the ads. I was doing you know I I was designing the ads. I was doing everything myself. And so I put the ad in, and we sold more than the amount that I'd spent on the on the you know the ad. So I was like, okay, we're going to keep doing that. Very very there straightforward. Like Usually it's more dream. like we got to do this because we got to stay competitive. Um, and right. with the Instagram ads, I what I've heard with things like that is that you'll get more likes, but it doesn't necessarily translate right. to sales. You know, and then the question is, yeah. does the likes translate eventually into sales? And it's like maybe, maybe you get more follows, you know, whatever. Does that actually do anything? Right. Um, See, and that's exactly where I was with it, you know. But I think that it may be worth it to capitalize right now because seeing that might mean someone going to your Instagram live, you know, next time you do a live show. Like we have yeah, yeah, sure. Tuesday shows, you know, and then that is kind of our goal in terms of getting them to come to these weekly shows and then – once life is normal or semi-normal again, you know, maybe they'll be more apt to, hey, you know what, I'll take the train. I'll come out to Hell's Kitchen or I'll come out to, you know, Lower East Side. I'll come out to, you know, whatever club they're, they're doing something in, you know, if they originally maybe wouldn't. Right. Yes, absolutely. No, totally. I, I think that that's uh, – I, I mean, it's, again, it's the sort of thing like do you have six bucks? You know, sure. I mean, that's sort of what the whole right. model is. Like for for their for their mm-hmm. standpoint, it's both mostly predicated on yeah, why not? You know, like because yeah. once, once you're not dealing with it on a on a crazy level, like if you're if you're a political campaign and you're spending like an absolute mm-hmm. fortune on it, you know, you're looking for something <laughs> very different. If you're you know if yeah. you're you and me and we're you know we're doing a show and we're hoping to get a few people in there, it's sort of like man, you know, if six bucks if somebody shows up, like if you convert one person, then it's probably then it was probably worth it, right? So right. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know. Bucks, we'll see. Whatever. Yeah, for six dollars, whatever. Like, it's I'd, worth, like it's think, worth uh, I'd like to think we're more important though than than the than the politics. But well, I th- listen. We provide laughter, and they provide pain. So, you know, it's really, it's really just a matter of uh, what what are you looking for in your, in your life? We need them. We totally need that balance. We totally need that balance. Comedy tragedy. You know, this definitely definitely tragedy. Do you mess with the political comedy at all? Uh, not really. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think, um, 
I don't think it's terrible. I think if it's done right, it's good. Uh, but I will definitely be the first to be like, let me guess, you got a Trump joke coming up, you know? So I think if it's, if it's like a cliche thing, I'm like, come on, man, you can do better than that, you know? Well, I feel like unless you're doing a Trump impression, no one really wants to hear about Trump. Is that, that is right. my – because I, I, I used to have a joke where – I used to have a joke, and I mentioned Trump, and it, it would chill the room. It really it, – and I well, stopped doing it. I just said it's not yeah, worth yeah. it. Like it's not, it's not such a good joke, and I'm getting a terrible response, so I'm just taking it out. I hear, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. I also – I don't want to polarize people, you know, and, and there's, a, there's enough other things that I say, you know, in my sets that, that get people in a tip. So, you know, the last thing I need to do is uh, icing on the cake and say something about Donald Trump. <laughs> My act is fairly safe because I'm mostly talking about me. So you know, but right. but at the same time, you never know what's going to offend somebody. I mean, I I have a gay son, and I've said things, uh, and somebody was like, you know, you're punching down, and I was like, I really don't think I am, and so I just I went, mm-hmm. you know, I just I kept it in, you know, I, and I asked around, I asked gay people, I was like, so you know, do you think? And they were like, nah, you're really not. But but it's but it hit somebody the wrong way, so you know, I hear definitely. You, man. I- yeah, man, I have the same one. I have a uh, a bit about how I have a gay roommate, and I even and I asked him, and I was like, "Hey, man, this is this is what I'm gonna say. Like, I tell me if this is me, I'll scrap it right now, you know." And he loved it, and then I went and did it. And usually people love it, but there have been a few times where you know someone will be like, "Um, I'm the gay roommate in my situation, and I don't appreciate that." And it sucks because you know I'm like I'm not I'm not trying to make yeah, you're not trying to hurt anybody. Right? Like it's just a joke, yeah. <laughs> But I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I think it always depends it depends on the situation, and also I think it depends on your where you are in comedy. There are things that comedians with twenty years yeah. in can say that I can't. You know, like they they're <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be able no, to pull it off in a example. way that I'm not, just because they're more experienced. Exactly. I I, lo- I look at Chappelle every time for that. I'm like that man can yeah. say anything now on stage. Have you seen all his Netflix specials? <laughs> um, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen but I've seen some. Yeah. I mean, he, he, we, you will you will take the journey. He also he does his. I, the, I think it was the last one, the most recent one. I was curious because so I timed how long it takes him to get to his first laugh, and it was like three minutes, which is crazy. Like I like I can't if in ten you, seconds I'm going to lose yeah. my mind. You know, like I right. I couldn't. But but you'll take that journey with him because he's Dave Chappelle. So you know, you know it's, it's okay. going to be worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, well it's, yeah. but it's also you're willing. If, if for whatever reason it doesn't land, it's not like suddenly Dave Chappelle stinks. You know, like it's not like right. you're in a club. So These true. people have no idea who I am. I'm in a comedy club. You know, I gotta, I gotta start making with the hahas pretty darn quick. You know, <laughs> if, if, if I haven't made them laugh in the first ten seconds, they're wondering what's going on and why, why I'm even on that stage. And I don't blame like, them. I I, I, I'm the same way. Comedy show. Yeah, like I paid for comedy. <laughs> Come on, funny boy. That's Come on, funny. Mr. Jester. Let's get going. Tell a joke. Yeah, dance, dance, <laughs> monkey boy, dance. <laughs> Mr. Jester, I like that. So, um, all right. So we're we're coming to the end. We're not quite at the end. This is always this is always an interesting time because we've got we've got like two minutes, but I want to give you time to promote. And to say anything that you want to say, so why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Fuey. It's spelled P H Y U I. Um, I don't know what that means. I, I was going to say, what I does that mean? That. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, and, uh, all right. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter. My uh, name is. It's also Fuey, uh, but it has an extra I, so it's P H Y U I I. Apparently, okay. there's another Fuey in the world. 
Interesting. Interesting. But, uh, but I'm more active on Instagram. So my, my PHYUI on Instagram, uh, you can find me there. I uh, am producing a Tuesday weekly mic that begins at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, anybody can reach out. We've had a lot of comedians come on. I've had people DM me to ask about doing poetry or doing you know covers for songs. Uh, and I wanted to say that I will welcome any sort of uh, you know, creative outlet. I'd love to see what everybody's working on. You know, I have a lot of friends that are comedians and creatives and, uh, you know, people who are looking for a space that they can, uh, you know, do what they love and do it virtually and, you know, build a following while they're doing it. Please DM me, feel free. Uh, we plug all your socials. You can get your Venmo on there and everything so you can get some money. Uh, nice. and it's just a great time. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and that's that's what we're doing. So please feel free to reach out. I'd love to uh, connect with as many you know people as I can. All right, terrific. That's what it's all about. Connection. I think uh, that's one about. thing one thing we can do in a pandemic is we can still connect. So I think that's <laughs> important. Um, Alex, thank you so much for doing the show. You were great. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Brad. Thank you. This was awesome. Um, everyone, we will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please, 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 please stay safe. Stay safe out there.